Listen, man, I'm not a wine drinker, but when you got a wine connoisseur coming and stuck in the middle, it's on the right, I pour you a glass. Feel me? We got Jenny Dawn coming on stuck in the middle podcast today. Talking wine. She got a wine seller in Wichita, Kansas. I can't wait to talk to her, man. Black Lady Wichita, Kansas, killing it in the wine game. Got four bottles of wine in the market. We're going to be talking to her. Right after the intro, it's Reflex. This is Stuck in the Middle Podcast, a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, creators of African descent. Y'all in for a good one today, man. Let's get it. So, Jen, listen, let me, I, I, I had to get a, a bottle of wine, you know, but last time I had, I had a bottle of wine set up in a glass and everything ready, but this time, you know, I can only do it so much. Uh, how much wine do you drink a day? That is a really good question. I only try and drink a couple glasses of wine per day, but as I'm doing wine tastings with my guests, I like to sip along with them. So a lot of times I will end up spitting some throughout the day, (laughs) but wine is to me is very relaxing. It puts you in a really good mood. So I feel like, why not? What is, what is the phrase, have faith and never give up, which you even have tattooed on your body mean to you? What does the phrase, have faith but never give up, mean to you? Absolutely. So as I was building this business, I encountered several roadblocks, and I always leaned back on my faith to get through those rough times. And so I wanted a constant reminder, like literally it is right here on my wrist, that says have faith and never get out, give up because sometimes you need that internal drive right. to help you get through very challenging tasks, situations, and having that faith just really propels you forward. Yeah, uh, I'd imagine, is it safe to say you are the first uh, Black, first African-American woman with a wine maker in the state of Kansas? Yes, no? That is correct. What's what's the feeling like? (laughs) You know, it's very, um, it's inspirational even to me as the, as the winemaker and the owner, because I feel like I've had to jump through so many hoops as far as, you know, institutional and systemic racism to get to where I am today. And I want to be an inspiring role model for others to kind of follow their passion and follow their dream. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to bring some diversity and inclusion to the wine industry here in Kansas. You mentioned, you know, roadblocks. Um, how long has Jenny Dawn Wine Cellars been in, been in business in, in uh, Kansas? Yeah, Wichita, absolutely. Kansas for that. <laughs> yeah, holding it down in Wichita. <laughs> yeah. So I have been in business since 2016. But I started making wine at home, and then I actually spent some time in Napa, California, making wine there. Um, And then we actually opened up this beautiful winery in downtown Wichita on November of last year. So I've been in the wine industry for a little bit of time, but this is the first experience operating my own physical winery you know, we have wine production, we have a tasting room, we have an event center. Um, so it's a lot on my plate. And we've really been doing this for less than a year. 
coming up on like you know your your one year anniversary November year. How has you know what I mean? Like I I don't think anybody, especially you as an entrepreneur going into business, would have imagined that the world would be in a pandemic this year. How has COVID impacted business for you as a wine as a wine seller? Yeah, absolutely. So COVID definitely has had an impact on our business. We've had to shut down our physical tasting room where people would come in and actually enjoy the wine with food. So we've had to do that several times. We shifted gears and started selling our wines online. So now we can ship to 38 states, which is great. And then we do have distribution. So our wines are in 30 local um, wine retailers. But we still sell the most bottles. We still sell the most glasses out of our physical winery. So having that be shut down for four months this year has been really challenging. It's really hurt our bottom line. You know, you, you mentioned earlier, like, you started off selling wine from your house, from your, you know, basement, your living room. What was it for you? You know what I mean? Like, take us all the way back. That was like, that gave you that love for, you know, this beverage. And, you know, Absolutely. you wanted to make it and wanted to sell it. So I do so, have to correct you. I couldn't. I couldn't technically sell the wine that I made at home. Um, so I just gave that wine away as gifts. And it was really to get people's feedback. I'm big on understanding consumer wine preferences. And I feel like wine is such a personal thing that you're, you either like something or you don't. And what I like may not be what you like. So mm -hmm. having wines that, um, that a broad group of people could enjoy was so important to me. So having people just try the wines and give me feedback was a huge part of my process in starting up. And so I started making wine in 2014. And honestly, it was somewhat of an economic experiment because I was spending a lot of money on wine and I wanted to see if I could make it for less than what I was paying on the retail store shelf. So it started as something I did for myself and as a hobby, just to kind of un, uh, like unwind and relax after my busy day working in corporate America, HR. And as I was making these wines, I started getting really positive feedback. And that's when I decided, okay, maybe I could do this as a business. What's the first thing you did? It's like, okay. I got to put this out there. I got to do this as a business, maybe even part-time or take it. You know, you're full-time, you, you're killing in it. What's the first thing you need to set this up to be able to say, here's a price tag, here's some bottles in the store, go buy it. Yes. So you have to go through all these licensing processes. So as a winery, I am licensed at the federal level. I have a basic permit to make wine. And then I have three licenses at the state level to make wine again, to sell my wine online. And then I have what's called a drinking establishment license. So I can have like beer and liquor in my space. That's four licenses. And then I had to get a license at the local level to sell the wine and to have entertainment. So I have six licenses through the three branches of government. Um, that was kind of step number one was getting licensed. But to get licensed, you have to have a commercial um, space. Like you can't do it in your residence. You have to have a commercial space to actually manufacture the wine. Mm -hmm. So I chose our Union Station building, which 
was um, vacant for about 20 years. It's a 120,000 square, square feet structure in downtown. It's a beautiful building that they completely renovated. I got to design every aspect of my space. So having that complete was step one and then going through the licensing was step two. And then I had to work with growers here in Kansas as well as Kansas, California to get grapes and juice so that I could actually start making the wine. So it was quite a process that I had to go through to get this up and running. Jennifer, have you made your money back? I know you've only been, you know, saying like a year <laughs> coming up. And have you made your money back? <laughs> no, not yet. That's a process. Like, and I think that's something that entrepreneurs may not understand. Um, I am in a asset heavy industry and the barriers to entry are really, really steep and great. So, you know, I have hundreds of thousands of dollars wrapped up in equipment here and then hundreds of thousands of dollars wrapped up in my wine inventory, you know, and then you have payroll and utilities and, you know, so just the financing of this business is something that I spend a lot of time on, you know, understanding where I'm at from a cash flow perspective. So there's so much to know and understand as a business owner. I'm grateful for some for um, mentors that kind of help me along with the business side of Jenny Don Sellers. Uh, what's the what's the highlight though of you know saying this whole process for you? What's the greatest thing that you've learned so far? You know, it yeah. could be it could be a, a challenge you've overcome or like a thing that you like, man, I gotta share this because it's the highlight. Absolutely. So I feel like the highlight is the interactions that I have with my customers and my guests. So we've had several proposals at the winery. We've had people who their palates have changed over time and they feel more comfortable ordering wine and they just truly enjoy that wine experience. So that makes me feel good. And then I also teach these wine classes called Wineication where we feature wines from all across the globe, as well as Jenny Don Seller's wines. And I get to educate people on the winemaking process. So mm -hmm. for me, the most rewarding aspect of all of this is the interactions that I get to have with people every day. And one of the highlights is on a Saturday night, I scan the room and it's full of people and all diverse backgrounds socioeconomic statuses, gender, ethnicity. And I feel like you couldn't go anywhere else in Wichita to see that level of diversity in one place. Mm. That also makes me happy. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like a lot and it's great stuff. What's the, what's the, what does the team look like for Jenny Dunn Wine Sellers in Wichita, Kansas? Because that's a lot of stuff to handle, you know, so you're running a business, all that stuff. What's, what's your staff like? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So I have a really great team. Um, we're a team of eight. And so I have a tasting room manager and then uh, four servers and a customer service representative. And then I have a chef. Um, so it's a group of hardworking individuals that enjoy wine and just creating this really cool vibe for people to come in and have a great experience. So I definitely could not do this by myself. And so I'm grateful for the team that I've been able to assemble. Where were you born? 
I was actually born in Omaha, Nebraska, and then raised in Columbus, Nebraska. What? Yeah, so I'm a Midwest gal, grew up in Nebraska, um, was highly like involved in athletics, so track and field was kind of my sport all throughout um, you know, my growing up, and I actually ran in college, and uh, then eventually moved to Wichita with my husband. Mm. So, yeah. speaking of Omaha and sports, Omaha, Omaha, hut. Like, no, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many farms have you visited? So I love going to the vineyards um, here in Kansas. I've tried to go through to you know most of the vineyards and wineries. It's a pretty small industry here in Kansas. There's only about 50 of us. And then I spent a lot of time going up and down um, the Napa Valley and the Sonoma Valley visiting wineries. And then I spent some time going to Austin, Texas, to the urban wineries that they have there, since I'm an urban winery. Um, That was part of my research process, just to understand you know, what I wanted my winery to be like. So I had to check out what was out there. Mm. Uh, with a master's degree in agribusiness, uh, what do you find, you know, um, that consumers prefer, you know, in, in, in research? I don't know if you, you, you published a thesis. Like, what, what, what did you find when it comes to, like, you know, agribusiness? What is that, first of all? Like, I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> So agribusiness is any agriculture related, you know, business. So we looked at economics, we looked at finance, we looked at a lot of modeling in Excel to understand, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario, different things like that. We looked at supply chain, marketing, um, international trade. So it was a really well-rounded master's degree it was almost like an MBA but it was specific to the ag industry mm-hmm. which wine is an agriculture product it's the grapes are grown in vineyards and I actually am a grower my family owns an acre of land in the city here of Wichita and we're planting fruit trees strawberry plants and grapevines Mm. So having an ag-based degree was really important to me. And through my thesis research, what I found was people had an affinity for some of what I call the noble grapes, so Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Moscato. But then they also had um, a liking to some of the Kansas wines that weren't super, super, super sweet. Mm. Um, Kansans are known to have a sweet palate, but I feel like some of the producers overdo it. And so I knew for us to be successful here at Jenny Don Cellars, I had to have kind of those well-known grapefruit varietals on my menu, but also locally made wine from local grapes that um, had a much more broader appeal than what some of the other players in the market were making. So that's kind of what I learned from my thesis research. Mm, dang, she studied up in this joint. Oh, uh, as of 2016, you have four wine bottles in the market. How many? How much? How many bottles do you have in the market right now? Yes. So now we have 11, which is exciting. I actually have sold out of two of my wines temporarily, so we're in the process of remaking them. 
but I have a rosé of Crimson Cabernet that we call Red Caboose that I'm temporarily sold out of. And then I make a blackberry wine called Wichita Passion, and we're temporarily sold out of that as well. These wines should be finished in November, so just a couple months, and we'll have them back on the shelf. But we're selling through our wines very quickly. One of the next challenges that I have is how can I scale up my production without increasing my fixed costs, which means I can't purchase any more equipment, I can't expand my footprint, I have to kind of use the space and the resources that I have, but try and make more wine than I have this. So that's my big challenge right now. Mm. How does a novice, like moi, know <laughs> great, you know, wine? How does, how does somebody who, you know, say don't really know wine, just like, hey, it's a vibe, you know, give me some wine. How do I know what good, you know, when I watch the movies, I think, I forget what it, I don't know if one of my cousins said, when you swirl it in the cup, if he, uh -huh. I don't know, I don't know. You, you explain it, you know this stuff, help me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there are several different quality indicators of wine. Um, when I'm doing wine tastings, I look for five things. So I look for the appearance of the wine. You don't want a wine to be cloudy or have any sediment in it. So the appearance is the quality indicator. Two, I look for the um, aroma. So when you do swirl and you put your nose into the glass, you want to have all these different isolated senses that you can find. You don't want to have one overpowering or dominant um, aroma. There should be like multiple things going on in that glass. So that's the second quality indicator. Third is body. So each wine has um, a typical kind of body preference. Mm. Like with Chardonnays, um, if it's an unoaked Chardonnay, it should be a lighter body wine. If an unoaked Chardonnay was a full-bodied wine, then you kind of know something was off. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the third. The fourth is around taste. So what you're smelling in the glass, you should be able to taste on your palate. If there's a disconnect, then that also shows that it's a lower quality wine. And then lastly is the finish of wine. The finish of wine should actually linger on your palate and there should be an aftertaste. If you take a sip and the flavors disappear like a mm. thing we lost there. Crap. Uh, GBGBG. Hello? I'm still here. Oh, yeah, okay. I think we lost you on step five. You can just speak up. <laughs> so, step five was on our uh, finish, mm -hmm. which is the um, there should be an aftertaste with your wine. So, if the wine is not lingering on your palate, then that is a negative on the quality indicator. Mm. That's all right. Man, that's uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to write that down. You know, next time I, you know, I get a bottle of wine. Uh, I see a lot of, a lot of, you know, just looking up on you this past week, even right now, a lot of purple. Is that, is that just your favorite color, or is it just you know, grape? <laughs> yeah. That is a really good question. So I am pretty much in purple from head to toe. Um, 
Purple for me is our brand color. And I chose purple because purple is the color royalty and Jenny mm-hmm. Dunsillers is a premium wine brand. Purple is the color of grapes. So that seems fitting. And then I am a Kansas State University alumni and mm. purple is our school color. Hey, I love it. I love it. Now I want to, I want to backtrack just a little bit here, you know, for our entrepreneur listeners and watchers, by the way, we are talking with, Jennifer Dawn, she is the founder CEO of Jenny Dawn Sellers in Wichita, Kansas. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. If you are just catching up, this is Stuck Middle Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Hit the ring so you get updates every time we drop something new. If you're listening uh, on your favorite podcast streamer, uh, do a screenshot, send it to us, uh, tag us so we can repost it. Let us know how you like it and all that good stuff. Also share it to your networks. We appreciate y'all. If you want to write for us, SITM Podcast 237 is the name of the email. Hit us up and we appreciate y'all. Uh, Jen, um, I wanted to ask you how you raise money. Cause you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, this, this the equipment you got in there is hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? Like how, as a businesswoman, did you, you know, was this savings? Like, how did you, how did you get started? It comes yeah, kind of- so that's a real good question. So what I did is I had kind of three sources of funds. Very, very early on in my business, I bootstrapped. So I worked, for about 10, 12 years in human resources, had a good career. I saved up a lot of money and used those funds to make wine in Napa. Um, And then together, my husband and I put in some, some money. And then I was able to raise capital. So I worked with an attorney to get a term sheet together, my operating agreement, Um, my private placement memo, and that just irons out all of the terms that investors could agree upon to become a part of my um, business as a shareholder. Mm -hmm. And so I have five outside investors. So my husband and I are investors, and then I have five others. So there's a total of seven of us. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I did have to get some bank loans. So the wine industry is highly capital intensive and you have to make sure you have a long enough runway to be able to make these wines and then sell it and to pay your people, um, to be able to replenish your inventory as you sell out. There's a lot to it. So I'm grateful that um, I went through a couple programs, some business like accelerators that really gave me the tools to be able to put all of this together. What is, you know, this is a two part question uh, in one, what is one thing that you know now that you didn't know when you first got into this business? Or in other words, uh, what would you say to somebody looking to get into this right now? Absolutely. So my number one advice that I tell people is do not go at this alone. Find a, a mentor, a support group, connect with other like-minded entrepreneurs. You have to have a really solid support system because you don't know what you don't know and there's always room for improvement. Um, You have to have a product or service that someone kind of needs or wants, you know? So wine's kind of a need and a what for some people. (laughs) And, And so, 
it, it's definitely something that is um, in high demand. But if you're creating a product or service that there isn't a customer base for, then I would encourage folks to kind of pivot. Um, so those are some of the pieces of advice. Definitely don't go out of the loan, find a good support system, and then make sure that the product or service that you're trying to sell is a need or a want for people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm from Cameroon, that's in West Africa. And I've, uh, I've recently had a dream, not a dream, but you know, uh, uh, an idea to invest in wine. And the reason why, reason why that came to my heart is because I watched one of the YouTubers that I follow, his name is uh, Ayana. He, he's based in South Africa right now. He visited a, a wine farm and he was huge, massive. And the place was awesome, it was beautiful. And he was doing a wine tasting. He said, this is why I, we need to travel more because we're exposed to things like this and we can invest in it. Is that something you would advise? You know what I mean? Like as me, just, you know, I, I want to invest in the wine farm. He said, it's profitable. Is that, would you agree? You have to determine as an investor how involved you want to be in the business. And one, if you believe in the entrepreneur and the business plan. Two, if you have something that you want to give or contribute. So I always say you don't want to just take money from anyone. You want to take smart money. So what is that investor bringing to the table that can help you grow the business? So you as a potential investor, I would just say, you know, how involved do you want to be? Are you there for the long haul? Are you going to dive in and get your hands dirty and and help with the business? Or, or, um, you know, what are you trying to get out of it? Mm -hmm. So if you're in alignment with the entrepreneur on all of those things, then I'd say, yeah, go for it. Go invest. Definitely. Uh, Did you watch the Netflix movie, uh, uncorked. I did. I loved it. I loved it because I'm a first level sommelier and he was going for his master sommelier and that whole process is so grueling and just what he had to go through personally, losing his mom throughout the journey and not having the support of his father and, you know, his father wanting him to go into the family barbecue business. I really felt for him, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I enjoyed it. They had no idea, you know, so even the word Somali is this uh, Somalians, this <laughs> is Somali, but it was a great movie. I enjoyed it. Um, what do you, you know, do for fun? Like, you know, I imagine your days are busy. Like, what does Jennifer do in her spare time? <laughs> that is a good question. So I, um, I was a former athlete, so I actually like to golf. I got back into golfing. Um, I used to See, that's, that's, my- that's, that's, that's what you do when you big baller, you know what I'm saying? You don't get <laughs> business now, you got the wine, you know what I'm saying? First you go golf, now you come back, you're drinking wine, Jen, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to have to move to Wichita. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the mentality, you work hard and you play hard. So you do have to find outlets. So exercising, reading Like, I really like to read other entrepreneurial stories or just inspirational things that kind of get me outside of my head. Mm -hmm. And um, I like to hear about other people's lives and their journeys. So I do enjoy reading. I do enjoy exercising. And then um, I have two kids and a husband, so just spending time with the family. And then I also have two dogs, so I like Mm -hmm. taking my dogs for walks. Yeah, that's excellent stuff, man. Listen, uh, if you need a 
Formed to have a place to, you know, learn about other entrepreneurs. Stuck in the middle is definitely the place. And we appreciate you for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, we talk with incredible people like Jen on this podcast on a weekly basis. I hope you enjoy, you know, this as much as I did. I learned a lot, I Jen. Did. How can how can people reach out to you, you know, if they have questions or, you know, just find out more about Jenny Donsells and Wichita or, you know, saying like, just place an order. I would encourage everyone to go to our website. So it's just JennyDawnSellers.com. There's a wealth of information about how to contact us. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can shop for the web from the website. We ship to 38 states. But we're also active on Instagram under Jenny Dawn Sellers, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So definitely connect with us on social media. And then um, reach out to me personally. I always love, you know, talking with other entrepreneurs or people who are interested in the wine industry specifically. I would love to mentor and help because I know how much that has meant to me. And so I definitely love to give back. Thank you so much, Jen. Uh, hopefully we can, you know, connect again. I have a family down in Kansas, so you know what I mean? I'm going to be down there sipping some, some of that wine or you know, I'm gonna send you a picture when I order my bottle. But this has been yes. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Listen, if you enjoy what you heard, again, hit that subscribe button. We just spoke with Jenny Dunn of Jenny Dunn Wine Sellers. This is Stucky Middle Podcast. I'm your host, The Reflex. Shout out to AK in the background producing. Shout out to Ma. Shout out to the whole crew. And uh, we out.